Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. Here is my servant who I have chosen, the one I love in whom I delight. I will put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not quarrel or cry out. No one will hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out till he leads justice to victory. In his name, the nations will put their hope. May be seated. I think I read the wrong scripture. Probably, but we'll read. I read, I read Matthew. We'll, we'll read the right one. We'll read the right one. Well, yeah, I really blew yeah. that. I'm, yeah. I'm still in Hawaii. I can. Kind of, <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Sure. Holy cow. Excuse me. Would you please stand if we read the right <laughs> scripture this morning? Everybody say aloha. <laughs> Thank you. I, I was trying to figure how I was going to preach on that passage. but uh, I was trying to figure it, too. I'm thinking, ooh, impromptu sermon. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one of, the, one of the things we talked about in Hawaii, how you can just... Hang loose, right? Absolutely. And you can never get too much scripture, Right. Never. Okay. The other scripture reading for today is the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, verses 13 to 21. Now hear the reading of God's word. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. So ends the reading of God's word. You may be seated, please. Do we say on that, so ends the word of God's right reading in that case? You know, Paul, thank you for filling in last week. I hear that our jobs are in jeopardy, so good job. You know, it's good to be back. It's good to be able to share God's word with you. I, I get a little anxious when I go off to a conference like this and hear all these people preaching, and I think, I want to preach, I want to preach, and so I'm fortunate that I get to come home and preach, and, and that's a good thing. We had a great time, although six of us in one timeshare together, you know, either staff is going to implode or we're going to get along, and we got along, so that was good. 
This morning we come, and if you have your 24-7, who has their 24-7 book with them? What, what does it say on the back page that we're talking about today? What's that last lesson? What? what? Bright future ahead. Wow. This is going to be a positive sermon, right? But how's this going to be positive with that scripture passage that was read? The point is, when we follow God's word, then there is a bright future that is ahead. And that is exciting news for us. In fact, we come today knowing that because of God's word, because of his instruction, because of his direction, there is possibility for us in life. By the way, you need to help me here if, if you would. Now I lay me down to sleep. No, 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 that's not right. Let me, let me read to you the right way. Uh, this is from Steve Farrer in Family Survival in the American Jungle. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray my art to keep. I pray my stocks are on the rise and that my analyst is wise. That all the wine I sip is white and that my hot tub's watertight. That racquetball won't get too tough that all my sushi is fresh enough. I pray my cordless phone still works, that my career won't lose its perks. My microwave won't radiate, my condo won't depreciate. I pray my health club doesn't close, and that my money market grows. If I go broke before I wake, I pray my Volvo they won't take. Now, that sounds more like it, doesn't it? Wouldn't this be maybe more the prayer that we might give today? Oh, of course, not you who are here, because you're all spiritual holy folks, but all of those other people out there. You know, this morning as we look at the real scripture, Luke chapter 12, we're going to look at a story about a fool. Now, Jesus tells a story which we think is about rich people. I don't like this passage because we're rich people. But maybe this really is about us. Maybe as we look at this passage, we say, you know, okay, he's talking about barns and things like that, but maybe really it is about me, and maybe it really is about you. Let's see. This is a story about not so much a rich man, but a foolish man. The man here was a fool not because he was rich. The man here was a fool not because he got things dishonestly. I mean, he got it by hard work. God had blessed him. God had given him a lot. But why was the man a fool? Well, he was a fool because he forgot what was really important. He was a fool because he decided for himself what was really important. You know, I, I've made up a new word, and it's me-I. And you might think that me-I might be a speech impediment by a cat. 
Now think about this carefully. Some of you got that. I thought this was really a far stretch, but some of your minds are as weird as mine. Instead of meow, me-I, okay, you got that? I know, that wasn't so good. What about, some of you might think this is about a pirate who got punched in the eye. Me-I, me-I. Okay, it's not about that either. What this is about is about me, is about I. Put up, if you would, the passage again from, from Luke. I want us to count how many times in this passage the me is expressed or the I is expressed here. All right, someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. There's one. Jesus replied, man who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you. Who appointed me that way? Go ahead. Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what? Okay, here we go. What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many tasks Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself but is not rich towards God. Seven times we found that this man was worried about himself. All he thought about was, what will I do? What have I done? What will I have? What should I build? How many do I need? Are they big enough for everything that I have? It's my crops and my barns and my goods and my soul. Everything is him and nothing is God. Now, it's not so much about a rich man. It is a man that's who possesses himself. It is a man whose identity is totally about everything that he has and everything that he is. You see, he went wrong in the things he remembered. He remembered himself. The words, I and my, are used seven times, and the conversation reveals what he is like. So the question here this morning is a question of ownership. You see, it seems like we want more and more all the time thinking about what is ours. Do you realize that we do not own anything? Oh, I know, I have a deed that says I own something. Oh, second that, I guess I really don't, because the bank owns it. Well, I have a car. Well, I happen to own my car. Do you own your car? Or does somebody else have that? And then do I really own my car? Well, man says I own my car. What do you think God says? <laughs> you have a car? No, 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 I don't think so. I have a car. 
okay? Hmm. Whatever we have is lent to us by God. We are the stewards for God's property. And this man seems to have forgotten that that was the case. Look at Hosea chapter 2, verse 9. They'll put it up here on the screen because I know that most of you have no clue where Hosea is. How many think it's in the Old Testament? How many think it's in the New Testament? How many have no clue? All right, it's in the Old Testament. Therefore, this is God speaking, I will take away my grain when it ripens and my new wine when it is ready. I will take back my wool and linen intended to cover her nakedness. Everything is God's. God will take it back when he wants. Everything that we have is God's. But, but, you know, there's no buts about it. Scripture tells us that we own nothing. You see, Jesus didn't condemn the man for eating and drinking and being merry. You know, nothing is wrong with that. Well, sometimes some of the ways you become merry, that may not be good. But he doesn't condemn the man here for doing that kind of thing. He doesn't even condemn him for being rich. Rather, the man was called foolish for building bigger barns. The point of the story is that the guy was planning to store more of his wealth than he needed to eat and drink and be merry. Instead, he was greedy. He wanted it all for himself. But the Bible teaches us that we have what we have, we have to share. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with his own hands, that he may have something to share with those in need. Do you realize what you have is there to share with those in need? I'm not sure I like that. But it's God's word. Now, I am the pastor, you know, and of course I have all of this down, right, like you do, because you are good Christians, and I have everything down where I do exactly what God wants me to do, right? And I don't have any problems doing any of these things, right? Okay, that's not right. The problem is, I'm a lot alike with you who are here today. i got to tell you a story about Hawaii. Two of our staff had left, three had gone home, and so I was there in Waikiki all by myself for a couple of days. And I chose that so I could just roam around and do nothing. I mean, after spending these days with staff, it was good to get away and do nothing. And one of the staff had given me a coupon. I can't figure why they'd give me a coupon. But this was a coupon for a free pizza from Papa John's. And so one evening, it must have been around 8 o'clock, 8.30 at night, I decided I was going to get this pizza, not because I was hungry, I was not hungry at all, but I was going to get it so that I could take it with me on the airplane the next day so I wouldn't have to buy airplane food and spend money. Free pizza to go on the airplane. And so I go down in this part of town where there's a Papa John's. Do you realize there isn't a Waikiki, or there isn't a Papa John's in Waikiki? Do you know that? And so I had to go out. It was probably a mile or so away. And it was in a part of town that wasn't the greatest part of town. And so I went and got this free pizza. 
And as I was beginning to walk back to the place I was staying, I felt the Lord saying to me, Steve, you need to share with people who are homeless. And I'm thinking to myself, because I am so holy and spiritual and I listen to God, I'm thinking to myself, but Lord, you don't understand. I'm getting this so that I can eat it on the way home on the airplane. But I still had the sense that I was to give pizza to the homeless. And finally, begrudgingly, I said, yes, Lord, okay, Lord. And I knew, because I'd walked this direction from the conference center before, I knew that there were a number of places where there probably were homeless people. And I thought, well, maybe I could walk a different way. <laughs> I said, no, no, God's told me to do this. So I, I went walking along, and all of a sudden, here comes this homeless guy down the sidewalk, and I think, oh, no, already. And so I say to him, hey, would you like a piece of pizza? And he looks at me and kind of goes, ah. And he walks past me. I think, oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so I, I walk a little bit further. And, and here's a guy sitting on the street, on the uh, sidewalk. And I go up to him and I said, would you like a piece of pizza? And he looks at me and he says, okay. <sighs> so I gave him a piece of pizza. I'm walking down a little further, and this lady passes me on the sidewalk. And she sees me carrying this box of pizza, and she says, can I follow you home? You know, I didn't realize till later that maybe she didn't want my pizza. <laughs> you know, I'm a little naive about these things, so I don't know. But she walked past me, and I said to her, oh, would you like a piece of pizza? And she said, oh, that would be wonderful. So I gave her a piece of pizza. I'm beginning to count my pizzas now, my pieces here. That's two gone. So I thought, okay, you know, we have seen where there's a sleeping bag or a blanket and, and a mattress, you know, in this place. And, and there probably is a homeless guy there. And I think maybe I should go a different way so I can keep my pizza. No, no. So I walked by. I couldn't tell if somebody was there or not. It was dark. And I thought, oh, he's sleeping, so I'm not going to give him this piece of pizza. All right? So I finally got home. I had lost two pieces of pizza. And I thought, okay, I have probably six other pieces of pizza. Thank you, Jesus. See, I, I could sign off on that. I did what you asked me to do. Do you know the only problem with all of that? What was the only problem? My attitude. I was walking away from the Lord. I was walking away from the Lord, in a sense, I was. Okay. You see, my attitude was not right. You know, my heart said, I don't want to do this, Lord. And yet, because I'm the pastor, I kind of thought I, I ought to do this, so I did do it begrudgingly. The attitude was wrong. Well, the next day I got on the plane, I had all of these pieces of pizza, and I'm, I'm flying, and this soldier comes and sits next to me. Young guy, 23, has his uniform on. I loved it because everybody who passed by him thanked him, you know, for doing what he's doing. I mean, the appreciation that was there, I loved it. And one guy in front, you know, who was sitting in front said, 
you know, I'll buy him whatever he wants. If he wants to get one of the things he can view movies, movies, I'll buy it, you know. I'll buy him some food if he wants and so on. I thought, oh, good, I don't have to give him my pizza. <laughs> so I took out my pizza and ate a couple of pieces thinking, oh, this is good. And he said, oh, you were smart. You, you brought some pizza. So I put it away. <laughs> Couple hours later, I pull it out again. I said, would you like some pizza? And he says, sure. Okay. So I give him a couple of pieces of pizza, and then I have some. And a little bit later, he says, would you be offended if I didn't eat both pieces? And I'm thinking, no, I wouldn't be offended at all. Give it back to me. And so I, I took it back, and then I thought to myself, you know, I'm not hungry anymore. And so it sat there, and finally, I ended up throwing it away. And, you know, how appropriate, as I think about this message today, that here I had so much, I had more than I even needed to have. In fact, I even threw some away, and if I would have listened to God, if I would have acted upon God's will then I could have given that pizza to people who needed it. And I began to think, is that not my attitude? And is that not maybe our attitude about the things that we have in life? God has given us so much. We are rich in the sight of God. And yet, our thinking tends to be me, my, me, I. I need this. I need that. Now, that was a long story to get a point across to you. Did the point get across to you? That we often, not because we're rich we are condemned, not because we have things that we are condemned, but it's our attitude about the things that we have. They are not our things, they are his things. In this parable here, what Jesus says to us is it's not so much what we have, it's our attitude about what we do with what we have. Let's look some more at what is going on in this passage. Because as we look at this, we find that we have a choice in all of these kind of things. And, and one of the choices is a wrong direction choice. And that is storing up for ourselves. You see, no one knows if tomorrow will ever come for them. I mean, I'm not saying to you, don't store up for tomorrow. Don't store up for your retirement. I mean, we need to do that. That is prudent that you do that. But how much do we need to store up, and is it ours, or is it God's? There's a story about three apprentice demons that were to be sent to earth on a mission. They were telling Satan what they proposed to do. One said, I will tell everyone there is no God. Satan said it won't work. In their hearts, they know there is. The second one said, I will tell them there is no hell. That won't work either, Satan said. Even this life, they have tasted the agony and sorrow of hell. Their third one said, I will tell them there is no hurry. Go, said Satan. Tell them that, and you'll ruin them by the millions. You see, we do not know when our life shall be called from them. Just as this man did not know who decided he was going to take what he had, he was going to buy big or build bigger barns. 
He didn't know that the next day his life would be taken from him. But wait a minute. What's this message supposed to be about? What did it say again on the back of your 24-7? Look again. Bright future. Well, this doesn't sound like a bright future so far, does it? But let me tell you about a different kind of choice. Because this is where the bright future comes in. And this choice is found in verse 21. If you would, would you put verse 21 up again? Because in this passage, we see truly what it is all about. This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich towards God. What should our desire be? What should be the thing that should be utmost on our hearts? And that is that we might be rich towards God. Not so much rich towards ourselves, but rich toward God. That is vital. That is important. The man already had enough wealth that day to enjoy life, but his greed cluttered his vision. He wanted more of the wrong things. You see, some people make big mistakes in life. In planning for themselves, they forget others. In considering the material goodies, they forget the giver. In providing for their bodies, they forget their soul. Yesterday, I came down in the morning to play basketball with the guys. And it's rather interesting because they've been playing on Thursday. I think there were 18 there on Thursday. On Saturday, I think we had 10 guys who were down there playing. And, and what made it so interesting is Greg and I were the only two that were from the church there. And the rest of the guys were outside, were strangers, although they've played before, so they're not really strangers, but strange to the church. And what a ministry field. And I had the opportunity to share with them between one of the games. And so I, I talked to them about what Scripture says about how important it is to build the body. But I said to them, you know, but it says more importantly, it is to build the soul, to build what is inside. Not what is on the outside, but what is on the inside. And I said to him, you know, you can have fun and you can come and play basketball and you can do all these things. And I, I had said to one of the guys earlier, I said, well, how come you're here? And they said, oh, so-and-so invited me. Well, how come you're here? So-and-so invited, the same guy's inviting all of these guys. And I said to him, you're doing a great job inviting all of these guys. Now, if I could just get him to church, why don't you invite him to church? Well, he doesn't go to this church. And he says, well, you know, my hope is that they'll catch something while they're here playing basketball. And, and that is my goal, too, that they might catch something while they're here playing basketball. And so I thought, what an opportunity it is for me to share with them and say to them, what's on the outside, having fun athletically is not the goal, the point. What is the point is something that is lasting, that will be here forever, and that is a relationship with Jesus. You know, does it do any good to preach that to them? I have no idea. But that's up to the Spirit of God to make that work. We are being obedient with these guys. We have a choice. And the choice is to treasure up those things that will make us rich for God. Three men perished in the summer heat of Death Valley. Deputies found their bodies 7 miles, 14 miles, and 17 miles from their abandoned car. 
In leaving their car to seek help, the three had tragically headed in the wrong direction. Going toward a ranch house, they had passed 30 miles back. But just a mile in the other direction was a grove of trees and a spring of water. Hmm, isn't that interesting? Is that like us today? Is that we look so much for appreciation? That we look so much for things that will make us feel good? That we look so much for things that will make us look good? We look so much for that which will satisfy us and we find that we're going always in the wrong direction. What happens if we turn and go in the direction that God tells us? What happens if we listen to this man that we read about here? This man named Jesus. The one who tells us that we need to be rich for God. What happens when we find ourselves going in that direction instead? If you remember Jesus, what he said to the woman of Samaria... In John chapter 4, verses 13 and 14, it says, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. This is the water that he drew out of the well. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. You see, Jesus is the water of life. I can try to tell these basketball guys that basketball is going to make you thirsty. It's not going to satisfy what you really need satisfied. There's only one water that will do that, and that is the living water, and that is Christ. And my friends, the same is true with us. Make sure that we're headed in the right direction. Make sure that we are compiling things that make us rich for God. We can accumulate, we can have, but don't let those things have you. Make sure you have control of those things. They're not ours. They're His. So let's see. Do possessions have a stranglehold on us? Are we headed, though, in the way of the living water? And if you said, now I lay me down to sleep, what would be the next line that you would use? Let's pray. My goodness, Lord, there's so much out there that is so tempting to us. Lord, help us to see more clearly those things that might be pleasing to you. Those things that we might invest in that would be rich for you. Lord, you truly have blessed us and we are grateful. Thank you. But let us understand that everything that we have is yours. Let us understand, Lord, that with the pizza that you give us, and you give it to us at no cost. Hmm. Lord, may we use that to please you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If we could now receive the offering.
is just a series of decisions. We make choices. We live and learn. Now I'm standing. But you have the choice. You know, we're going to put a couple more verses up. Verse 15 again, if you haven't shut it off. 
And, and then verse 21, but notice the key here in all of that I have said. Verse 15 says, then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist, notice, in the abundance of his possessions. And that's not what we teach in this world. We teach in this world is our life consists on getting and getting and getting. Then look at verse 21. This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself but is not rich towards God. Notice the two choices. The choice here is to store up things for ourselves, or the choice is to be rich towards God. That is what you have to choose from. Now maybe you say, well, yeah, but... No, 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 no. That is not an option. We're either storing up for ourselves or we are being rich towards God. You know, the thing that kind of is funny to me as I think about this pizza incident, that pizza cost me nothing. You know, nothing. God gave me that pizza. Well, really, Greg Newark gave it to me because... It was his coupon, but really I gave him that coupon before he gave it to me, so it cost me nothing. Think about what you have. Did that cost you anything? Well, I worked hard for that. Uh-huh. Thank you, God, that you gave me that job. Thank you, God, that I got paid for doing that job. Thank you, God, that I can afford this life that I have. Hmm. Costs us nothing. But we then have the choice. And I'll tell you, as I thought about the scenario of this pizza thing, I thought, okay, Lord, I'm willing to give half of the pizza, but I still need half for the airplane. Do you think he was pleased with that deal? I don't think he was. I think he probably, yeah, uh-oh. I, I think he was in the position of, wait a minute, that didn't cost you anything. Wait a minute, haven't you said that I am yours? That you are giving yourself totally to me? Yes, Lord. So then I began to think of the scenario. Okay, I, I can see it right now. I, I'm going to give half of it, then I'm going to feel guilty because another poor person's going to come along and, okay, I'll give you that, then have this, and pretty soon I'm going to have no pizza, but then God's going to find some way to get another pizza to me. He already got the first one to me. It wasn't mine. And yet I wanted to hold on to it. This is how it will be. Anyone who stores up things for himself but is not rich towards God. What do you prefer? You want to store up things for yourself? Or do you want to be rich towards God? Wow. You know, speaking of this kind of choice, you know, you'll see in your bulletin that we're going to commission our Guatemala mission team. And, and I love this because here are people that are giving of themselves. You know, they are spending money to go and serve God. 
They are giving up of their time to go and serve God. They're going to a country and they're going to suffer some hardships. I mean, it's not easy to go and go where they have to go and do what they have to do in order to make somebody else's life more pleasant. And so, bless you for that. You are storing up in heaven things that God would have you store up, and that is good. Paul and Sue, if you'll come up, and your mission team, if you'll come up, we will come up here and we'll stand up here. We want to pray for you. And Paul, I'm going to have you introduce your team to us or have them introduce themselves. And then we're going to have the elders and the deacons come who would like to and lay hands upon you for this. So Paul, share with us about what you're going to be doing and uh, who's going. It's on. We'll be... uh going to, uh, as you, most of you know, to Guatemala, to uh, the village of, um, help me out here, team, uh, the, yeah, San Juan, Las Palmas, and um, we'll be installing uh, energy-efficient stoves uh, for the people that otherwise are cooking on what would be a campfire, and we'll also be uh, distributing to them, uh, to each family, uh, a Bible, actually a, a children's Bible in Spanish and also a New Testament in Spanish. Uh, and we will also be uh, passing out school supplies to the children. In fact, we were debating about how to do the crayons uh, yesterday, and we had ended up deciding, yeah, we've... Uh, Fortunately, uh, you, everyone has been very generous. We, went, we were buying uh, new crayons for all the children, these boxes of 24 crayons. And uh, we realized how precious this is. We gave this to uh, uh, the school children a couple years ago. And the expression on these children's faces is just incredible because crayons are just like heaven to them. They just don't, don't have that kind of thing otherwise. So... Um, uh, so, Paul, Paul, tell us why it's so important that they have stoves in their houses. Well, if they, their homes are very small and they uh, are filling, <coughs> they're cooking uh, frequently, um, and the stoves, when they have this just a campfire, they're breathing fumes, and it's very bad on their lungs and respiratory system. Um, doctors have gone down on medical mission. In fact, that's where this started and found people with terrible lung diseases and realized that it's coming from all the fumes and vapors that they're breathing from these constant sort of a campfire right in the middle of their house. So these stoves uh, vent those fumes out of the home and, uh, and also um, a common cause for children to be injured is, is falling uh, into the campfire, into the fire that's right in the floor of what would be their living room. So, it's it's a big safety and health thing, and it, and it also by being there in their homes and working with the village elders to install the stove, it gives us a chance to then witness to them and and share the gospel and and uh, by by the sharing the word of God and it's it's a it's a wonderful opportunity for us. We're humbled to be able to do that. Great. Thank Let you, Paul. me um, introduce our team. This is Paul Jaquish and uh, Jim Kroos, uh, Jerry Wheeler, my wife Sue, I'm Paul Means, uh, Rebecca Barrett, Jeff Greider, Lorraine Hummel, and Cindy Bush. And uh, two others that are coming that are not here with us are uh, Cheryl Keeley and, uh, um, and Evan Bush. So... Uh, Thank you very much. We really appreciate and cover your prayers. It's like a, 
just like a blanket of comfort and, and hope and peace that uh, we feel like you're wrapping us in, and we really appreciate it. Thank you. Great. So if we could have elders and deacons come and lay hands upon these folks, we would like to pray for you. Let's pray. Lord God, we praise you and we thank you for this team. We thank you for their desire to serve you and to serve these people. We thank you for their hearts that go out to help people in need. Lord, I thank you for this church and for those who've come around these folks and supplied money for them to make this work. I, I thank you that you care. And because you care, we care. Lord, we pray for the safety of these folks who will be going. We pray that their journeys will be easy, both there and back. We pray that you'll open doors to these houses and to the hearts of these people, that they will be free to share their faith in you. Lord, thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Thank you. As the elders go back to their seats with the mission team, you can go back too. Let's close our service in prayer. Lord God, this day we thank you that we can come and worship. We thank you for the privilege to be here and to be a part of who you are and what you'd have us doing. Lord, may we go now into a world that, that is yours, into a world that you call us to. Lord, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, before you go, Mary, are we doing anything? Where'd Mary go? Are we doing anything with cups today?